Hello, everyone, and welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where me and my co-host watch through Disney Plus movies and talk to you about it. I'm Amber. And I'm Marie. And this week's episode is Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start off with a synopsis from Marie, in case you've forgotten about Pinocchio, because let's be real, I kind of have. <laughs> or in case you just haven't seen it. Um, all right, so I will be taking the synopsis off of Disney Plus, actually, which I did not do with Snow White, and I'm not quite sure why I didn't, because that Google synopsis was maybe not so much a synopsis as a condensed version of the entire movie. Uh, anyhow, so from now on, I will be reading synopsis is, can you, can you, Synopsis. Ah, okay. I will be reading those off of Disney Plus. So here we go. With his faithful friend Jiminy Cricket by his side, wooden boy Pinocchio embarks on a fantastic adventure that tests his bravery, loyalty, and honesty until he triumphs in his quest for his heart's desire to become a real boy. Okay, well... I don't think the person who wrote the synopsis had watched Pinocchio in a while either. We are going to get into our issues with the synopsis in our segment about hot takes. Which mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm going to call it now. Yeah, so- we're we're going to go over each part of this sentence because it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of things there that I need to question. Fair enough. We'll start with history though. First Take it all, away. I will. Thank you for the permission mm-hmm. to do my segment. You're welcome. <laughs> so I do want to start off by saying today there has been a lot of talk in the Disney community because Disney Plus has put on some content warnings onto older films saying that they may depict culturally insensitive uh, depictions of the time. Pinocchio, as of this recording, November 14th, 2019 does not have one of those warnings. I do believe that it should, even though it is a product of its time. It does in Shamboli uh, really depict a a caricature which is culturally insensitive. So I just wanted to note that right off the bat. This was a movie that was commenced in 1938 and finished in 1940. Uh, well, it was released in 1940, so actually it was finished in 1939. So it is a product of its times, but uh, I did want to note that. Now, release date was actually February the 9th, 1940. So this was a really quick turnaround for the movie because, as I said, animation didn't start till 1938, and it was released pretty much the beginning of 1940. It was actually supposed to be the third film from Walt Disney Company. Bambi was supposed to be second. As we know, Bambi was not second. Bambi was not even third. They had a lot of issues with that, but we'll get into that on the Bambi episode. (laughs) What we do know is that Pinocchio got pushed forward. The movie, and that's surprising in itself, because in 1938, according to the New York Times, Walt tossed about 230 Nope, it's 2,300 feet of animation, which was about five months of work because, quote, it missed the feeling that he had in mind. And I mean, I guess Walt knew what he was doing, but wow, that really cost a lot of money, I'm sure. It did. In fact, this film cost more than Snow White to make. It cost $2.3 million dollars in 1940s money which is uh, 41.2 million dollars today and uh it was budgeted at 500,000 so that's almost two millions over budget because we all know Walt did not really care about things such as a budget he did not in fact it took 12 artists 18 months to get the look that Walt wanted so I mean that's basically the whole of it's so long the whole movie was basically produced in the same amount of time so that's insanity 
Uh, but he was a perfectionist and he really did not want to, uh, he struggled with this film actually a lot is what I found out when doing my research. Waltz, as we'll find out with some other classics, did not find the characters to be necessarily sympathetic. So in look, he tried to make them look more sympathetic, but also in personality um, for Pinocchio. He didn't find him to be very sympathetic either. Uh, you told me earlier that parts of the script were changed from the novel, which came out mm -hmm. in the 1800s, to kind of make Pinocchio a little bit more palatable to audiences. Yeah, because if they had kept it the same, Pinocchio would have just straight up killed Jiminy Cricket. Imagine Jiminy Cricket one of the best question mark characters of the movie Who i knows? mean ugh, question uh, yes but the bar isn't high right so um, do you know jiminy is actually the main character of the movie well he is more sympathetic sort of a little a little but not much in fact I have something in common with Walt Disney. Figaro was Walt's favorite character from this movie. And honestly, hashtag same. <laughs> he is such a cute, cute cat. He is, and he's so good. I don't understand why the whole movie wasn't just about Figaro. <laughs> in fact, Walt loved Figaro so much that Figaro became Minnie's cat, as we all know, or maybe you don't know, but now you do. Figaro is Minnie's cat that you'll see oftentimes in older cartoons. She originally had a Cocker Spaniel, but Walt liked Figaro so much, he replaced the Cocker Spaniel with Figaro, which honestly, same. <laughs> yeah, you are much more of a cat person than anything else really i mean my goal is to become a cat person you already are a cat person you mean a cat lady no i mean like a cat person oh okay you want to be an actual cat that's what i'm talking about i guess we'll see where science takes us um so i guess we've uh, already kind of jumped into trivia and facts now yeah, sort there's of. There's not that, that much... much history about Pinocchio. There's really not that much history. I will say um, that it was released into theaters seven times between 1945 and 1992. So it was released in 45, 54, 62, 71, 78, 84, and 92. I guess that's what they had to do with movies when they didn't have the technology to put them on VHS yet. I guess. Um, if you, like if you if you were like, oh, you know, like people who were little kids in the 40s and were like, oh, I wish I could show Pinocchio to my children. Like you really couldn't do that unless they re-released it in theaters. Like well, there was also a practical reason for this, at least the first re-release. Um, Pinocchio lost money on its original run. It made less than $2 million on its first run. So they didn't see a profit from this film at all until it was re-released in 1945. To be fair, 1940, right at the start of the Second World War, um, although I guess the United States was not in the war yet if that's in true we did not years. but longer. you would have still been at the like tail end of the great depression so people probably didn't have that much money to go to the movies i'm gonna tell you right now uh do you remember how snow white was released before this that's true so but it was novelty i we can argue this another time, but I, I just think it's important to note that this film that cost so much money uh, lost the company money to start out with. 
All right. So that's a fun fact then. Fun fact. What kind of fun facts do you have for me? Okay, well, uh, actually going into the war theme, which kind of actually saddens me because I I like Geppetto. He's one of the characters in the movie that I find is a little more sympathetic, which they I, I have another fact about that. They changed him. Part of, Maybe part of the reason he wanted to redo the movie was he didn't like the character of Geppetto the way it was. But um, the actor who voiced mm. Geppetto, Christian Rubb, was a Nazi sympathizer. No! And he drove, yeah, he drove the animation crew crazy with talking about Hitler. And they managed to basically get back at him when they were um, doing the live action shooting for the scene with uh, Geppetto fishing when he's inside the whale. Because, you know, they, they used, they still had people actually act out so that they could draw off of um Mm -hmm. and i guess you know it's not always the actual actor who's voicing the character that does it but in this case it was and uh when they put him on the the makeshift stage they had some grips that made it so that it would rock the boat to give the desired effect and uh yeah that just kind of sent him all over the place Good. And uh, I guess they got back at him like that for annoying them throughout the entire time he was there, I suppose. Uh, But yeah, he was actually the second actor who was cast to voice Geppetto. Because when they... I'm sorry, the Nazi sympathizer was the second choice? (laughs) Yeah. Well, he was the second uh when they redid when they recast Geppetto because at first when they started designing Geppetto um he was more of a grumpy looking kind of character um and it kind of worked with the actor that they had hired at that time but it just wasn't the feel that they wanted to give him because of the fact that he just didn't appear to be that sympathetic and they recast him and they redesigned him and actually the way they redesigned him was sort of based off of Rob okay well this isn't endearing this film even more to me (laughs) which is saying something it did win uh, two academy awards yes one one for score and one for uh, a specific song, I believe. Yes, it's When You Wish Upon a Star. Oh, makes sense. Yes, so let's be clear. The songs are the only decent part of the movie, in my opinion. And Okay, we're not on hot takes I'm yet. already, I'm, Keep throw, it I'm in. Reel, one in the trivia. Um, reel it in. I'm, I'm not going to. The When we were watching it, I did, I did say to you, the music is so familiar, even though I haven't seen it that much. Because it's included a lot in the parks. Right. And actually, some fun fact, you know why Jiminy Cricket was, along with Tink, Tinkerbell, that is, uh, picked to help represent the parks. Why? Because if the parks were going to be a failure, they did not, they being the uh, company board of directors, did not want beloved Disney characters to be associated with them. That is so mean. I love Tinkerbell. I mean, she is, you know, a hothead, but I love Tinkerbell. So Walt picked Jiminy and Tink um, because they were, you know, kind of important, but... Also, it wouldn't destroy... Not the most love. Exactly. It wouldn't destroy people's connection with the movie if they were linked to a failing theme park. That's interesting to me because I feel like now 
Tinkerbell is actually a very popular Disney character. That is because, um, well, partly because of the Tinkerbell movies, mm. which I'm going to throw in another hot take here. I love the Tinkerbell movies way more than I love Peter Pan, but that is for the Peter Pan episode. There's going to be a lot of hot takes for the Peter Pan episode. Well, Peter Pan lovers abstain. <laughs> I do have some more trivia, though, about Pinocchio. Yeah, so do I. I was just, you were ranting. You know what? I had to. And I asked you to reel it in, and you didn't. So I just let you go because I didn't have a choice. But I also have some more facts. Okay, tell me, tell me some trivia. I've got some more. Okay. All right. Well, let me see what I have. There is actually, uh, funnily enough, the movie was talked about in a Playboy article. Ooh. Yeah, saucy. which is Yeah, interesting out of uh, you know, a Disney film. Not exactly where you in like where you expect it to end up. Um although, you know, apparently Playboy has great articles. Uh in August nineteen ninety three, the issue of Playboy cited 43 instances of violence and other unfavorable behavior in this film, including 23 instances of battery, nine acts of property damage, three slangs use, three slang uses, sorry, of the word jackass, mm-hmm. three acts of violence, including anim- involving animals, yes. two shots of male nudity, which I do not recall. I also don't remember, but. And one instance of implied death. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a... It's a dark movie. It's a dark movie. Like, the songs do not hint at 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 all. And just the style of it, like... But when you think about it, it's it's not a cheerful movie. Oh, it's it's not. Uh, My fun fact is, remember how we had the cult classic happily ever after and it was made by filmation filmation also made a pinocchio (laughs) sequel in 1987 disney tried to sue them over this but pinocchio is public domain so they lost that suit fair enough i mean actually that's surprising like wouldn't snow white be public domain as well well i think probably I ultimately think Disney would have lost that case about Snow White, but because the company was already shut down, it bankrupt. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, like it's it's hard to, especially because ultimately, like the characters aren't all the same. They don't look the same. Right. They don't really reference any of the dwarves' names. We're going back on Snow White now, uh, but yeah. Anyway, I, I I don't think you can really unless there's just too many similarities right. to ignore. Right, but with public domain, it's it's really hard. So the film was actually called Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Yeah, I've never seen it, and honestly, That's... as I said earlier, I don't think Pinocchio is that sympathetic of a character. So I'm not rushing out to watch anything where he's a star again. Yeah. I remember a live action version of Pinocchio. Yes. In like the 90s or the early 2000s. Too, and it was scary. Yeah, I I don't even know that I watched it. I just remember it looked really weird. Uh anyway, more facts. <laughs> so, this actually this movie featured some I guess what would be referred to now as easter eggs. Oh, really? Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't... I was too busy thinking about all my hotcakes. Tell me about the Easter eggs. So, during When You Wish Upon a Star, mm-hmm. um, at some point, there's a spotlight going over Jiminy Cricket, mm-hmm. and you can see two books that are to the left of the screen. Mm-hmm. Those two books are Peter Pan, and Alice in Wonderland. Oh. And uh, Walt had actually 
Well, see, this is like, I don't know if it was because it was already in his mind or if it was just like, okay, those are two books that existed. Anyway, um, (laughs) he started developing the stories for the big screen at the time of the film's release. All right. So, yeah, that I, I don't know if it was intended to be an Easter egg. I feel like it must have been. Like, they just hadn't started officially working on right. it. But I'm sure it was running through his mind. I mean, there was always a lot of stuff running through Walt's mind. That's very true. So, But that is very interesting. Uh, I have another... I have one more trivia fact. All right, take it away. So, another movie actually used parts of Pinocchio as reference. Another Disney movie. Do you want to guess what it was? Mm. Wait. As reference in terms of like, is it in the same sense of reusing animation? No. Or? As a, like as art reference. Art reference. I feel like I've read that before and you're going to say it and there's going to be a light bulb moment, but I cannot actually guess right now. It is The Little Mermaid. Oh, for the water. The water, yes. The Monstro scenes were used as reference for how to do the underwater scenes in The Little Mermaid. Hmm. Yeah, it's actually now that, yeah, exactly. Like I thought, once you said it, I knew it was going to come back to me. Uh, let's see. I have a few more facts. All right. Throw so on. one of the things that had to be reworked on in the movie, one of the many things, was the appearance of Jiminy Cricket. And uh, Jiminy was drawn and created by Ward Kimball, who was uh, one of the legendary. I don't know if he was he in the um what's it called again the the big nine the the, seven the old nine man. old man nine old man nine old man yeah yeah he was i just looked at it <laughs> um yeah so he was tasked with the creation of jiminy cricket mm-hmm. and he took it upon himself to do so and to make jiminy look like an actual cricket yeah that's not but yeah Walt did not like that look Uh, he wanted Jiminy to be cute and not look like a gross insect (laughs) so Kimball had to basically remove all of the insect like features because ultimately Jiminy Cricket does not look like a cricket whatsoever that's true you want to know he has a big green head and then he's wearing actual clothes yep so yeah, he just he does not look like a cricket. And uh one of the one of the things that Kimball said himself because he was not really happy with the compromise in the design is that the audience accepts accepts him as a cricket because the other characters say he is. Because otherwise you would not if his name wasn't Jiminy Cricket and he was not referred to as a cricket you would not think he's a cricket. That's true. I have I have personal experience with with a cricket. I'm going to tell this brief story. Um, when I used to go to summer camp, we would have cricket spitting competitions, which what? <laughs> I have have I never told you the story? No, it's one of the few stories I guess you haven't shared with me about your traumatizing experiences at summer camp. Okay, well, it was even more. Ex- traumatizing so what would happen at a cricket spitting competition is everyone gets handed a cricket you put it in your hand i don't you shake it up you put it in your mouth and you no as far as you can and then the person who spits it the furthest wins but if you're me you swallow a leg accidentally and you (laughs) like dry heave the cricket up so I am familiar with cricket. I can tell you Jiminy Cricket is not a cricket, and it's a good thing. Because I participated in the cricket spinning competition one year out of the seven or eight that I went to camp, and never again. I, I, oh my, I don't even know what to say to that. 
That's that that is trauma. <laughs> but also you willingly put a cricket in your mouth. I wanted to win the cricket spinning competition. Yeah, sometimes you know what? Sometimes winning is not worth it. And this seems like a prime example of when it's not worth it. Listen. Listen, if there are any children listening to this, peer pressure is a strong Everybody else is putting crickets in their mouth. Why couldn't I put a cricket in my mouth? Like, I didn't want to be the girly girl who couldn't, like, put a cricket in her mouth. I would have been. I would have been 100%. I would have been that girl. So I... I refuse. I thought you should know about my fun connection to crickets. Well, because we're not even talking about a dead cricket. No, it was alive. That's the point. That's why you got to shake it to disorient it exactly that's horrifying actually i want to move on from this i i my sister did shake her cricket so hard that it died oh my god i mean fair (laughs) oh like that seems like the only way to do it if you gotta do it like i do not want that cricket coming to in my mouth so don't spit crickets, kids. Just leave them alone. You got any anyway. other any other fun facts? <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess so. I just don't know. I'm kind of worried now. I don't know how you're going to turn them now. I don't have any other cricket-related facts, so. Okay. Um... A fact that kind of blends together the movie we watched last and this one is that Pinocchio was first mentioned in public, I guess, uh, at the Academy Awards when he won his Oscar statuettes for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Um, he started talking to the audience about the movie, which was in production at that time, and he went on for a full 25 minutes. That's too much. Yeah, I well, apparently, I don't know. It says holding their attention. So maybe they were intrigued and fascinated by it. It's very possible. You know, he just won a movie for an award for a groundbreaking movie. So I'm sure all those people are like, oh, I wonder what he's going to do next. Uh, but yeah, Walt must be the reason why they started off with that music to get people off the stage. Hashtag thanks, Walt. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, there are there are worse people to listen to to talk for like twenty five minutes. I would gladly have been in that audience. We all would have, but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Anyway. So, do we want to start uh, talking? Like, do you have any more facts? Uh, I have one more okay. here. Which is that this movie is one of, if not the only, of Disney movies that has so many main villains. Because actually, I I guess it comes back to saying there's not really a main villain in this movie. There's There's just a... There's just a chain of villains. There's a series of unfortunate people. Yeah, like, it's just a bunch of different temptations thrown in and happens as a chain of event. But, I mean, so you've got Honest John and Gideon would be the first sort of villains, bad influence that you encounter. Right. Then, of course, Stromboli. Right. Uh, Then you have the Coachman. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Monstro is a villain. I mean, Monstro's a whale. <laughs> yeah, they portray him as a villain. Who do you, f- like, where, who do you fight in Kingdom Hearts? You don't fight Monstro. Oh, um, that was my other fun fact. Uh, Monstro is my least favorite of the levels in Kingdom Hearts 2. I thought, I thought you fought him. Who do you fight? Um, you fight some Heartless. You're stuck inside Monstro, but you're not fighting him. 
He comes right, and well, swallows your he, he is still considered a villain for the well, movie. He's considered a world in Kingdom Hearts, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, are, are we going to discuss staying power? Do you not yes, look that up? It's, it's a segue, a segue into staying power. All right. So, I mean, we obviously just mentioned video game-wise, Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Amber's least favorite level. My least in Kingdom Hearts 2, let's be clear. Well, I assume it's not in the other Kingdom Hearts. It would probably be your least favorite in the other ones as well. I don't know. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3 yet. Why are you bringing this up? You're making me sad. Let's let's talk about um, in the parks. What do you got? Well, in the parks, you obviously have Jiminy Cricket being a pretty... Uh, I mean, actually, he isn't anymore. Now I'm going to be sad. R.I.P. wishes. Listen, I love Happily Ever After. It is a beautiful fireworks show. But I'm always going to have a special place in my heart for wishes, which features... Of course, Jiminy Cricket as a narrator of the show, as well as When You Wish Upon a Star as part of the soundtrack. That's true. And then you also have in the Magic Kingdom, is that the only other, the restaurant? The yeah, Pinocchio's, Pinocchio's Village, Village House. That would be, I feel like in Disney World at least, that's pretty much the only other way he sometimes pops up like when they have um, special things in Epcot and like pins or something where they will represent each country from the different pavilion. They'll use Pinocchio or Jiminy to represent Italy. I think but... uh, he's also in the parade, isn't he? In Festival of Fantasy. Yes, that's true. He is on one of the floats at the very end, I yeah. think, when Mickey and company comes out. Um, as far as other parks, I have the, I have the information on that. Um, Pinocchio's Daring Journey is currently in Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris, which we wrote it in Disneyland Paris when we went. We did? Yes. I don't remember that at all. We did. I made us ride it because I said, man, we don't have this at Disney World. We have to ride it. What's it like? I don't remember. I honestly, <laughs> it's a, I remember riding the Snow White ride. It's a dark ride. Have, yeah. It's pretty much, it's similar. It's like Winnie the Pooh. It's like the Snow White ride. It's, it's very similar. I guess it's not memorable. <laughs> I told off some lady's kid for walking on the railing. No, that was in line for the Snow White ride. I don't think it was. I think it was. Anyway, where uh, else is he? Let's be let's be clear, people, before you start winching me um, for telling off a child. I did not tell off a child. I told off the mother. <laughs> she did. It's- to be fair, it also putting the... It wasn't on the railing. It was like a... a short wall that was very narrow it was very dangerous but you know if other people want to see their kids break their heads listen I used to work at an amusement park even though it was not Disney safety is the most important thing I used to be a ride operator it's ingrained in me that people take the safety rules seriously Yes, but you can't control how other people act. Okay, well, Pinocchio's Daring Journey, or whatever it's called in French, um, opened in each of the parks at varying times. In Disneyland, it opened May 23rd, 1983. In Tokyo Disneyland, it opened the 15th of April, 1983. And in Disneyland Paris, it opened the 12th of April, 1992. So they're all still operational, so it's got to have some staying power since all those rides are still 
there, I guess. I mean, it would be expensive to replace them. Fair enough. I guess this like, brings us... I wouldn't say it doesn't have staying power. I just... I think, think the soundtrack have... has staying power. Yes, the soundtrack does. I don't, I don't know think... the rest of the... Honestly, Figaro... Yes, we know. Your favorite character. And Walt's favorite character. Don't forget this. That's true. Me and Walt's favorite character, Figaro, is still around as Minnie's cat. And Jiminy being a mascot for the parts. But otherwise, I don't know a lot of people who are like, hey, you know who I love? Pinocchio. Yeah, it's not very frequently brought up as people's favorite movie. Although, to be fair, I don't go around asking everybody what their favorite Disney movie is. Just, like, Tell us what your favorite I... movie is. Tweet us. If Pinocchio is yeah. your favorite movie, please tweet me and tell me why. Because we're yeah, into tell hot her takes why now. she's wrong. And my hot take is this. Pinocchio is probably one of the worst Disney films I've ever seen. That is a very hot take. Hot take. It's out there. It's out there in the world. Uh, my second hot take is this. Oh, you're not you're not gonna expand on that. Oh, that is okay. Let me explain why. We've already talked about Pinocchio not being very sympathetic. Uh, the plot is all over the place. It's just a jumbled string of events. Um, it's horrifying especially the Pleasure Island bits. And they're like, well, now these boys have turned into donkeys and we're selling them to the salt mines and the circus? Big yikes. And then it's like, oh, yes, your father went looking for you, but he got swallowed by a whale. And this is like said so matter-of-factly, I don't... The plot is insane. But, which reminds me, we need to go back to that synopsis and rip it apart. Okay, let's go. Although, now that you just mentioned the whale thing, uh, questionable also in terms of timeline. Like, to me, this all happens in two days. You have Pinocchio coming to life the first night. The next morning, he goes to school. Well, he, or, okay, two days. Like, three days. Anyway, he goes to school. He doesn't. He Well, he doesn't. He starts going to school. He gets taken to Stromboli, and he does his show, and then he gets thrown in a cage. That's the second night. Oh, also, quick quick aside, one of the things we remember the most about Pinocchio is that his nose grows when he lies, and this comes up once in the movie. Well, I guess he stops lying. But, but I mean, it's the thing that everybody knows about him, and it's like... Not even five minutes of the movie is devoted yeah. to this. Or does it come up? He learns his lesson. Okay, sure. Continue. Anyway, so after that night where he escapes from Stromboli, then the next morning as he's running back home, he runs into Hannes John again, who takes him to the coachman. And that night, again, they go to Pleasure Island. So you're on the third night. Second day, third night. How long were they in Pleasure Island? Like, I thought I thought this was just an evening of fun. And then everybody gets turned into a donkey. So, again, he's just there for one night. And then he gets away. So either they are in Pleasure Island for weeks. Or it takes him weeks to get back home from Pleasure Island. Because when they find Geppetto or when we get to Geppetto inside the whale he very clearly says they've been there for weeks and because he says we haven't eaten in a week in weeks and then actually also when Pinocchio gets back home and home is abandoned there's cobwebs right so I mean I guess so when they go to Pleasure Island maybe it takes a long time to get there but they are going by carriage then he's walking the way back so I guess it could take a long time. Like, it's just... That's true. It's just an... Again, this movie is all over the place. The timeline is question marks. Yeah. 
All right. So going back to the synopsis. All right. So we right off, right off the bat, we start off with with his faithful friend, Jiminy Cricket. How many times is Jiminy like, okay, I'm just going to peace out? So many times. So that's a lie. Right off the bat. Continue. All right. Then we say he embarks on fantastic adventures that test his bravery, loyalty, and honesty. Okay. First of all, bravery. He does go and save his father. And that involves, like, you know, going into a whale. Fine, I guess. Loyalty. Is this supposed to be also about Geppetto? Yeah, he's, he's very selective about these things. And then honesty. Well, he learns not to lie because it'll make his nose grow otherwise. Okay. Sure, I guess. I, I'm, I'm not sold on this. Continue. Okay, until he triumphs in his quest for his heart's desire to become a real boy. First of oh. all, he does not have a heart. Second of all, this wasn't his, like, initial want. This was Geppetto's wish. This was Geppetto's wish. I was going to say, this is a classic decom move. That's not your dream, Dad. No, it is. That's not my dream. It's your dream. Exactly. Or, like, that Tumblr post that's like, life is like soccer because I didn't ask to be a part of it, but my mom signed me up. And she still expects me to do my best. Like, Pinocchio didn't ask to become a real boy. But now he's got to learn to be, like, brave and courageous and truthful. He didn't ask for that. Okay, so you've got a hot take. What's your hot take? I have a hot take on the Blue Fairy. And... Okay, Okay. so the Blue Fairy. You know, she's this beautiful being. She appears out of thin air. She is magical. She is seen as benevolent. She's not. I like, I'm not saying she's bad. I'm just saying she's not good. She's neutral. She's like, she's in the middle of the board. She is true neutral. Because she's really just like, okay, I'm going to grant this wish without really any regards for. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen after I do this? Because ultimately, she doesn't really, like, she doesn't give him that many chances. All things considered. Like, this is an inanimate object that she has just brought to consciousness. And she expects him, right off the bat, to know how to handle, like, temptation and how to establish what is good and what is bad and to make sure that he follows through with that she saddles him with a bug okay to serve as conscience no listen he can't he can't he can't know like he he doesn't even have 24 hours of living time in his wooden body and of course of course he's going to derail and also the idea that you have to attain like ultimate goodness in order to deserve to be Alive. I don't, it's yeah it's questionable and i it's just like also she's just you know he he gets off the rail this one time the first time and she's like i'm going to help you this one time but that's it. You're only you're getting this one shot and that's it. If you mess up again, I'm not here for it. Like what what It sounds like you think the true villain of this movie is okay. actually the blue fairy. I do not. I just said I don't think she's bad. I just don't think she's good. I so your your main problem is the blue fairy. Whereas it's mine not, is Pinocchio. <laughs> it's not my main problem. It's it's one of the things that I want to bring to light. Let's, let's get into Jiminy. He's also the worst. <laughs> He's always yeah. like hitting on wooden carvings of women 
which is a weird bit to to keep playing up. And also, he's just, yeah, like we said earlier, he's just constantly peacing out. He's like, please let me be his conscience. And then he's like, well, that didn't work, so bye. Yeah, he gives up real easy. Also has a real short temper. And at the end, he gets an 18 karat gold little uh, pendant. Badge. That says that he's an official conscience. Question marks? Yeah, what's he going to do with that gold? Like, he's a cricket. (laughs) I don't know. I don't... The end of this movie is like... I mean, on one hand, I'm glad that it's over, but on the other hand, question marks? Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like... Point. Great. Now Geppetto has to explain to everyone where this child came from. That's true. You're going to be like, oh, I found him. I mean, I guess. Although people could be like, well, you were gone a long time. As long as he doesn't tell him he was eaten by a whale, I guess it's fine. That's true. It's just, there's a lot left unresolved. I mean, okay. The thing is, there's not much to resolve. What happened to all those boys? Is Pleasure Island still going on? Probably. There's not, okay, see, this is the other thing. You have all these villains, and there's no consequence for those villains. Whereas, like, Pinocchio is taught that you have to be good or else like you basically don't deserve to live but what's the worst that happens to those villains Stromboli okay he loses his money maker that he has for one night but he's still gonna keep going with his show and just be an overall like I guess he's kind of a crook in a sense of the coachman which it, he's biggest... gonna keep, keep yeah the worst okay he he is terrible but he's gonna keep getting those little boys and he's gonna keep turning them into donkeys and like to all we know this is like how many boys has he torn away from their homes and sold into slavery like we don't know but he's gonna keep doing that and Honest John and Gideon, they're probably going to keep up their schemes. They haven't been arrested or anything. And then I guess Monstro's just going to keep on being a whale. Yeah, he's, again, I don't think, (laughs) I don't think he's a villain. I think he's just a whale. Well, he's a very mean looking whale, so that means he's a villain. Okay, well. agree to disagree we're gonna so i guess this brings us to first of all rewatchability um once once a week once a month once a year less than that or never i was just going to say in my case i am inventing a new category that says i would rather die that's a little extreme. You could just say never. You know what? Like, I'm channeling my inner Snow White, my inner 14-year-old girl, and I'm going to stick with I would rather die. Well, I'm going to go with less than a year. Okay, because well. Because there, there are parts of the movie I enjoy. What? Mostly, mostly the musical numbers. Okay, then uh, listen to the soundtrack. No, I like the image that goes along with the musical number. I like the beginning when you see all of Geppetto's uh, woodwork. Look at an image. You know what? I'm allowed to enjoy what I enjoy. I am not stopping you. I'm just proposing alternate solutions for your sake. Okay, well, I would rewatch it. Just not that often. And not with me. Not with you, obviously, because you would rather die. Thank you. Thank you. So that brings us to final ranking times. Wait, we haven't ranked the villains. 
Oh, well, there's not the a villain many. in this movie. Well, there's multiple villains. Okay. All right, fine. We're going to, I'm going to say right now, you cannot rank Monstro. He's a whale. <laughs> On fine. a villain, he's whale. <laughs> fine. So, Honest John and Gideon, what are you ranking them? I'm ranking them a four. They're not like they're just schemers. They're they appear to be homeless. <laughs> they, they have taken many like they've made a lot of bad decisions, but ultimately you know, when they meet the coachman and they realize how terrible he is, granted they still go through with it, but they're terrified by him. Like they realize this guy is insane. So they're obviously under his level. And I don't think they truly realize what's going to happen to those boys. So I'm I'm going to say they're not that bad. They're mostly just stupid. Yeah, I'm ranking them a three uh, for the same reasons. I don't have anything to add. Okay. Uh, Stromboli, I'm going to give him a five just to say he's higher than... Honest John and Gideon, but ultimately, I really we really don't see him interact with actual people enough to know how terrible he is to human beings. Because let's be real, Pinocchio is a puppet. So yes, he is a jerk to a puppet, but it's not like he is. I mean, I guess he sort he does display feelings in a sense, but. I don't know. I guess I can't know how he would interact with an actual child. Fair you enough. Know, this is this is just a puppet that happens to be able to move and talk. Fair enough. I'm going to rank him also a three because I don't think he's any worse than Honest John and Gideon. Um, again, this puppet's not a real child. It's just like a talking hunk of wood to him so and he's motivated by the same things that honest john and gideon are which is money money so, money 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 so i'm gonna rank him also a three all right uh the coachman is straight up evil so he gets a 10 i'm gonna agree he gets a 10 because he's stealing he's literally kidnapping children and then selling them into slavery so i don't know i don't think we need to expand more on that like the scene when the little boys have been transformed into donkeys for their mother is harder to me than the scene when Geppetto is crying over Pinocchio's lifeless body. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. That's the hardest part of the movie to me. That's super like, dark and awful. Yeah, like, obviously, these boys made some very, very, very bad choices. But they're children. They didn't know any better. Maybe they didn't really, like, you know, there's a lot of reason why some people might stray off. And to a child, the idea of just breaking things can sound very appealing. Uh, It definitely does not mean they deserve the fate they get. And, yeah, just seeing, especially the talking ones that are just crying and they just want to go home and they just want their mother. It's the worst. It is the worst. So he is straight up evil. 10 out of 10 on the evil scale. And as we've already said, a whale. (laughs) Whale out of 10 on the scale. So all together, all these villains, there's three villains and a whale in this movie. Four villains, although one of them is a package deal too so all together though with all these villains we're only getting like maybe 16 or 17 on the evil scale yeah out of 30 so it's not a high average it's it's skewed heavily by the coachman yeah so then final rankings what are we you know what i'm gonna go first I would rank this movie a 1 out of 10. It is a 1 because the music 
and actually it's one in a paw print and the paw print is solely for Figaro in terms of and when you say one because of the music you mean that the music is the redeeming quality that gets this movie one out of ten otherwise it would be in the minus it would it would a hundred percent if I could rank this movie based solely on animal companions Figaro and Cleo we haven't talked much about Cleo but Cleo the goldfish also a shining star if yes, the movie was just Figaro and Cleo, A plus movie. The movie is not just about Figaro and Cleo, so one out of ten movie. Come on, tell me your controversial opinion here. Okay, so maybe not as controversial as you might have thought, as I might have hinted. Um, but still an opinion you're not going to agree with. And that is that I am giving this one a four also, as I did with Snow White. And it mostly goes off of the fact that this movie actually holds a lot more nostalgia for me. What? Like, yeah. Your parents were having you watch this? They weren't having me watch this. I watched it. Like, we owned the VHS, so I watched the movie. Well, we did not. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, to me, there's, like, something about watching it that's just nice because of that. And, like I said, I like the musical scenes. The songs are good. Like, as I made abundantly clear last week, I'm not a fan of the Snow White soundtrack. You're wrong, but continue. (laughs) I am a fan of the Pinocchio soundtrack. Although, actually, uh, When You Wish Upon a Star is my least favorite song. Get out of here. We're kicking you out of the podcast. I'm looking for new podcast hosts here on Magical Streaming. Submit your applications via Twitter. Yeah, which Twitter? Stream the Magic. Yes, it is not Magical Streaming, as she said last week. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, at Stream the Magic, tell me why you would be a better co-host than Marie. All you have to say is that you think Snow White is a better film than Pinocchio, and you already are winning points with me. What if they hate Winnie the Pooh? If you hate Winnie the Pooh, don't bother applying. (laughs) If you hate Winnie the Pooh, go think long and hard about your life choices. Hard opinions, folks. Winnie the Pooh. I have a Winnie the Pooh plush right next to me right now. I love him so much. I have a tattoo of him on my body. Winnie the Pooh. Ride or die. Your one true love. You know what? Maybe he is. (laughs) Wow. I am kidding. Of course, my one true love. I could make a joke right now, but I'm not going to. I'm going to be sincere. My one true love is Millie out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, she has terrible movie taste, as I'm finding out throughout this podcast. Continue listening uh, on our next episode to hear our marriage disintegrate further as I learn more and more about her awful taste in music and movies. That's just rude. I... I want to say I'm kidding, but big yikes here. I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Um, So what we've, to sum everything up nicely, Pinocchio is the worst, but Marie thinks otherwise. And we're going to be continuing on with the next movie, which is Fantasia. Fantasia. Wow. Walt really just poured money down the drain these first few movies. Of course he did. Also, I have actually never seen Fantasia. (gasps) Have you seen Fantasia 2000? I've seen part of it. I don't remember seeing it in full, but it might be because I think I've only seen it once. All right. Well, so Fantasia, unfortunately, we cannot experience it as it was originally meant to be experienced, but we can all experience it together on Disney+. Plus. So... Join us next time while we 
review Fantasia. Thanks again for tuning in this week and tweet all your hates to me at stream the magic on Twitter or email us at magical streaming at yahoo.com or comment on our Instagram at magical streaming on Instagram. Just- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And until next time, enjoy the magic. Bye.